welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez, and today I don't have anything to talk about. I am exhausted. I just got up from waking up after a very short nap, flopping onto my stomach. Speaking of flopping and stomachs and, and, and napping, I have a question, but I'll get to that later. We got a question about my uh, preferred sleeping position, stomach, side, or back, baby. What about standing, huh? Was sitting? They didn't ask about those, so they're not going to get an answer. Maybe I prefer to stand when I sleep. Uh, I don't know. But what I don't like to do is sleep when I'm watching movies. Because how am I going to watch a movie when I'm sleeping? I Shut up. Yes, it's been... It's, it's, it's been a time. It's been a time. But in the, the Plex Adventures, because I feel like I should not make this a super short show, why don't I meander as much as I can and just throw in a bunch of garbage that no one really cares about. But I'm currently, I'm just about done ripping Brooklyn Nine-Nine and continuing with the annoying nature of TV ripping and why discs are the way they are there are instances in some of the seasons where you'll have two discs for one season and the first disc goes in a very simple to deal with order it's reversed so the the final title will be the first episode and it just goes in reverse order so then the next last one is episode two, etc. And then the second disc, it goes title eight, title four, title zero, title one, title two, title nine, title fucking what the shit? Why can't they, why can't they both at least follow the same structure? That's what I don't understand. If both this are just completely nonsensical, out of order, bullcrap, so many seasons and so many series, fine, whatever. But why why you gotta tease me? You tease me so that I assume the second disc is going to work the same way and I start titling it without checking and then I'm smart enough at least to know <laughs> let me just check in case. Maybe, maybe it won't follow the same structure even though it would make sense for it to follow the same structure and it didn't follow the same structure. So who's laughing now, baby? <laughs> That's annoying, though. I hate, I hate ripping TV. God almighty. This is the most annoying rap in the world. I definitely will need another hard drive at some point, looking at the amount of space I'll be using. And I think what makes the most sense is to have TV shows and movies together, and then all of my anime and animation on its own hard drive. Not counting animated movies. Those would just go in the movies folder with the, the rest of the stuff with the live action. So, yeah. And that, that, that makes sense. I don't think any of the live action 
or movies really want to associate with anime and its weirdness, they probably want to be as far away as they can. And being on a completely different hard drive would probably be very happy for them. But speaking of what I've actually been watching and not what I've been ripping, I finally got around to watching Bodies, 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 a movie I wasn't super excited about, but hopeful that I would end up liking it because it got a lot of praise. It should be in the horror-ish space that I like, watching shitty humans die, which is what I assumed the point of it was, or what the, the fun of the movie was going to be, is watching these rich, elitist, self-centered pieces of crap die in various ways including one Pete Davidson who was fucking like I couldn't wait for him to die and I was hoping that he would be the first to die spoilers he is but guess what it is a 90 minute movie it takes maybe 35 minutes for the dying to start and once it starts it's not fun it's not fun all these characters they suck they always suck the deaths aren't satisfying the story itself is just, it is such an annoying movie that just continues to be annoying until the very end where the reveal of what started everything off and why we ended up having this whole thing happen, that is great. That was completely expected. I wanted to make sure I was recording. I'm like, holy crap. I'm so, I'm so just having woken up and I'm like let me make sure I'm recording I don't know if I'm recording I'm recording okay but the the reveal at the end was great suited the whole thing incredibly well but the ride getting there was not fun nowhere near as fun as it should have been as it, as I thought it was going to be as I wanted it to be so it was ultimately a pretty disappointing experience. And then I did finish my Terminator rewatch, finishing it with Genesis and Dark Fate. I will probably watch the Sericana Chronicles at some point, but I'm in no rush to check those out. I'll get to those when I rip the, the Blu-rays that I have of it. But Genesis is as awful as I remember it being. It's just so dumb. The story is so stupid. Everything about it is... Ugh. It's it's at least stupid in the way that it, it's fun to watch in a train wrecky type of manner. But that movie is... I The people who like that, I don't understand. I don't understand that people like it. A former friend liked it. Genuinely thought it was good. I think part of it is if you enjoy the pandering nature of it. But I hate that movie. It's so fucking awful. It's the only bad Terminator movie. Every other Terminator movie has redeeming qualities. Their, their level of quality varies. And I'm not sure where my ranking would be because after rewatching Dark Fate, I did sour on it a little. 
And it's because that movie is really good, mostly. But Sarah Connor in Dark Fate fucking sucks. She's awful in it because she is just the same old, same old repeat character that she was in Terminator 2. And it's incredibly annoying to just see her doing the same thing. And that is the most pandery thing of the entire Terminator series is shoehorning her into this new story because wouldn't it be great for people to get Sarah Connor again? Wouldn't it be nice to see her after all these years and see her kick ass? Maybe, but not when we have to go through the same shit of, oh, here is Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Guess what? She fucking hates him again. Oh, she fucking doesn't trust him again. She wants to kill him again. Oh, he's in a life or death situation in terms of a Terminator's life. Is she going to save him or is she going to let him die? Fucking wah, 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 cry, 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 complain, complain, complain. I'm so fucking sick of it. It was annoying as hell. I just wanted her to shut the fuck up. I wish she died right away. I wish I wish she died with John Connor at the beginning of that movie. Spoilers, but if you didn't already know that, too fucking bad. It doesn't really matter. Because the one thing about the Terminator movies and any movie regarding time travel, in my opinion, is that you shouldn't go in or in any way expect anything to make any sense because time travel doesn't make sense. If time travel ever exists in any piece of fiction or if it existed in reality at any point in the future, then it exists at all points in time. It exists now. It existed during the dinosaur period. It existed at all times because if time travel exists at any point, that means you can time travel to any period of time and therefore it exists at all times and the first terminator immediately threw out any chance for me to even humor a, a, a bit of disbelief when you learn that john connor the savior of humanity his father was a man from the future who he sent back in time to save his mother and also slyly told him to fuck his mother so that he would be born, but didn't actually tell him because he didn't want him to know, you know, no, he didn't want to spoil his father. Uh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And anyone who tries to can give me a scientific answer on how, on how someone from the fucking future can father someone in the past and the person in the future, the, the, the offspring is the person who sent the father into the past to impregnate the fuck fuck off okay no no doesn't make any sense so the first movie in the series already throws away any chance of believability in terms of the time traveling aspect as far as believability can go in terms of time travel but that doesn't matter i i don't, I don't think anyone should ever when it comes to time travel stories concern themselves too much with the logistics of it because if you do then you're gonna be able to poke so many fucking holes it doesn't like you're just you're just taking away the joy of the the rest of the story for yourself but yeah after after watching dark fate and realizing or being reminded of how annoying she was in it sarah connor that is i like everyone else in it 
I like the Terminator, the bad Terminator in it, even though it still doesn't have that creative, inventive punch of Robert Patrick in T2. Uh, there was never another instance of that happening. They're good. They're good as the the humanoid version. And there's some fun stuff to be found. There's some fun choreography, some fun action sequences. I'm a big fan of Mackenzie Davis. So seeing her kick ass, always, always an enjoyable time. And I like, I like dad Arnold Terminator. He's fun. I think, too, as I wrap up the Terminator talk, Arnold Schwarzenegger does not get enough credit for being a better-than-average actor. Even early on in his career, playing the Terminator, it is not as easy as it seems. And I think even when you look at stuff like Jingle All the Way, Kindergarten Cop, Twins, all the stuff that he's done throughout the years, he's... He's a solid actor. What hurts him is he never, and it's not his fault. You know, this is something that isn't easy for everyone to do. He never was able to speak fluent, un, you know, free of accent English. So that was something that hurt him for some people because you're like, oh, I mean, and in some roles, it's weird for the character he's playing to have such a thick accent. And his build. He, 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 there's, there was nothing he could do about that because where he came from was bodybuilding. So even when he slimmed down later in life, he still was a fucking beast. And that is going to make it hard for him to be as believable in certain roles or even do certain roles because he is this fucking beast of a human being. But in terms of his just general acting ability, I think he's better than he gets credit for. I'd I'd argue he's better overall than you know someone in a similar uh, space. Stallone. I, I don't think Stallone's a great actor. I think he managed to pull out a few great performances early in his career. I think Stallone was great early in his career and he only got progressively worse the longer he went on. He's great in Rocky 1 and 2. He's great in First Blood. Uh, but as he sort of embraces the really, really dumb action side of things and the stupid fucking like, the way Rocky changes with three onward yeah I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan of Stallone I like Stallone when he's being weird Cobra Stallone yes Rambo Rambo 2 and 3 he's fine in the stories are just First Blood is so good and it's such a different movie from the rest of the movies in the series that I don't I don't really like the direction they went in and I don't even I don't even like the fact that we had sequels but at least 
two and three are still somewhat redeemable, whereas Rambo, whatever the 2008 one, then I have I never saw Last Blood or whatever it was. They just become these incredibly glacious disgusting gore fest no I'm not a fan of those but after after to get back to Dark Fate after rewatching that and finishing my my complete rewatch my ranking would be Terminator 2 then the order of these could change at any point in time during any day depending on how I feel about them Terminator 3, Salvation, and Dark Fate, and then the original Terminator, and then far, far, far away is Genesis. But what is second? I don't know anymore. I I really liked Salvation, a fair amount of Salvation after rewatching it. I think the Connor stuff is the weaker part of that. But all of the Sam Worthington, Worthington stuff, I really, I thought it was really well done. And it might have my favorite choreographed action. And especially the, the more battle-centric scenes where it's not one-on-one action. I think Dark Fate probably has the best one-on-one action. But there are some scenes some sequences in salvation that are really really well done i'm surprised maybe mcg has done that before but <laughs> realizing that's a mcg thing maker of shit like the series fast lane good on you mcg it's probably the best thing you've ever done and then terminator 3 like i said i think it's uh i think terminator 3 falls into the same realm as something like die hard 2 where it's more of the same, and it's pretty well done, but you have a significantly less compelling villain, and because of that, more so than anything else, it pales in comparison to what came before. That's it in terms of what I've been watching that I feel like talking about. Let's get on to what I've been playing, starting with Wings of Blue Star. This is a side-scrolling shmup. So what is that again? I always... I think that is it horizontal scrolling or is it vertical scrolling? I will, no matter how many times I confuse myself over horizontal scrolling and vertical scrolling and how many times I look it up to remind myself of which is which, that's one thing that, that is like how some people may have issues with. I don't know anyone who actually has an issue with their, their, and theirs, but maybe there are people who do. Uh, I always like vertical or it's side scrolling, okay? And it is not great. I was not a fan of it because of the fact it's an East Asia soft game, and that is not inherently a negative, but it is a very good example of how I think at this point every single East Asia soft release is technically optimized for these series consoles. They all have that branding on them. And this goes to show that just because you have that branding doesn't mean you're actually providing 
the the user, the player with enhanced, crisp, beautiful visuals or great performance or anything of that nature. It just means whatever. I don't know what it means that you put in a piece of code that says, hey, or you did you turn on some switch so that it runs one frame per second faster. I have no idea because this game looks horrible. It has such a soft focus. It, it looks blurry. It makes it hard to distinguish what is initially, at least, what is part of the environment and what isn't, what you can fly over and what you can't, which is why during my first run, I died two times pretty early on during my run and was unsure of why I died because I just exploded and I, I wasn't hit by a bullet. And I was very confused, just thinking to myself, well, what did I, did I, Nazi bullet? What happened here? And just the general nature of the whole thing is very unpleasant to look at. The action is okay. Part of the whole setup is that once you upgrade your ship, you'll get little turrets that hover around you. You have two different ships to play as. And you could use the, I believe, bumpers to rotate, rotate them. So you can shoot at things coming behind you, which means that if you don't have those upgrades and you're playing through a level, there will be instances where you just feel fucked because things are coming at behind you and you don't have a way to deal with them outside of moving forward and letting them chase you and then getting back behind them. But it's a very whatever schmup that... I wouldn't recommend for anyone unless they wanted some easy achievements, which is what a lot of East Asia soft releases are good for and what a lot of people go into those games wanting or expecting. And if that's all you care about, then you'll, you'll be fine. You'll get them real fast and real nice and real easy. But uh, that's, you know, that's all, that's all the game is. It's, it's pretty basic. The, the enemy design, the ship design, all of that. There's nothing that stands out that as at least something where I can be positive about it. It's a very throwaway, forgettable shmup that you I already forgot what it's called. Waves of Blue Star? Is that what it is? Okay, maybe I didn't forget. I'm a liar. Nope, it's Wings of Blue Star. Boom, fuck you off. Yuppie Psycho is the next game I played. And this is a survival horror game with incredibly simplistic pixel art in the vein of something you could you wouldn't be surprised to see on the Atari 2600 kind of uh, and kind of pixely looking as well very 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 basic very very simple I wish I had things set up to do the whole show you gameplay of, of a game so you could just see it if you're watching the video version that is I can't, I can't show you if you're just listening but it has incredibly simple pixel art. And that, that is the one thing that I don't like. But what I do like is the story and general nature of it. The mystery of it all. You play a young man who got a letter about a job at this very elite corporation. The world in this game, in this universe, works off of a class system. And everyone is ranked depending on where they came from, their parents, their wealth, etc. 
The city is for the elites. You come from the suburbs and you didn't even graduate or yeah, I don't believe you graduated from college at this point. You just did your basic education or, or, or did your basic classes. You didn't focus on any major or specific job position type of work. So when you get to this office building, one of the dudes there is a real piece of work, piece of crap, who judges you immediately once they find out that you are a lower class citizen. And then you, you meet a woman who's a lot nicer and accepting. It's like, hey, good for you. I mean, this is you, there must they must have seen some potential in you. And that's why they offered you this job. You should feel really honored to have this opportunity. Don't 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 go home. Don't throw this away. Don't ignore this. And so you go up to the, the, the main office because that's where the elevator sends you. you. You see that the elevator, where it sends you, the, the higher the level, the, the more important you are. So that douchebag in the beginning, he gets sent to the second floor because he's a douchebag and no one likes him. And then the lady gets sent to the fourth floor because she's all right, you know, but she's, she's still new. And then you go to the top floor, the, the main dude's office, and there's blood on the ground. And then you don't know what it says. Kill the witch when you get to the, the main window at the, the top of the skyscraper. Uh, with blood on the windows, it says, kill the witch. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And there's a contract for you to sign. And you sign it because you can't do anything else. And then the rest of the game is you going about this regular office building that is comprised of 10 floors, I believe. And trying to discover what is going on while also having the, the task of hunting down witches. Maybe just the one witch. I played it for maybe close to three hours. I really liked it. I, I think the mystery is compelling. The writing is solid and funny. The the characters that I've come across, I like, and I want to learn more about them. I want to learn more about what is happening here. There is a lot of variation between the floors uh, in terms of their aesthetics. Some are regular office buildings. You have a garden that is, is very stark. And I think the, the one negative I have, which is the art style, I'm not a huge fan of it. When things get crazy or some type of elaborately drawn monster shows up, the stark contrast between the incredibly simplistic nature of it most of the time and this increase in fidelity or the uh, pretty nice lighting system. So when things are, are, are flickering in that sense, that contrast is way more jarring and does a good job of creating a, a mood and atmosphere and setting the tone of certain situations, certain scenes, moments, and whatnot. I, I think the lighting especially goes a long way in playing around with tone and everything in, in a very good way. And the gameplay itself just involves going around talking to people, doing some puzzles, your, your traditional sort of adventure game point-click adventure things. You'll be collecting items, which you can then combine at certain places. And 
I like all of that. What I don't like, and I don't believe there was any accessibility options, there's no difficulty setting to adjust this, is that the game is going to be a turnoff for some right now when I tell you a few of the, the systems it has in its in its game. One, there is no autosave. The only way to save the game is through a typewriter type system. But in here, in, uh, in Yuppie Psycho, instead of using a typewriter, you use photocopiers. And in order to save, you have to find which paper. And then depending on the photocopier, it may be out of ink. So if you have ink or you'll you'll need ink to, to make them workable so that you can actually save on them. There are photocopiers in various office buildings and floors, etc. So if they're out of ink, you need to do that first. But you take the witch paper and then you photocopy your face. And this is photocopying your soul. And this is the save system. That's it. Which means when you die, you're going to go back to the last time you saved at that point. There are no auto saves. Even when you are playing through the game, there are no checkpoints. So like when you are playing it and not closing it to play something else or whatever, there are no checkpoints either. That is going to be a turnoff for some because you could lose a lot of progress if you haven't saved in a while for any reason, whether it's just because you forgot or didn't want to waste your paper or didn't have any paper on you. And then the puzzle designs are very traditional in terms of adventure games and being somewhat nonsensical. For instance, there is a, a point where you have to regain power to a certain floor, a, a few rooms in a certain floor, and you're missing a fuse. One of the fuses is gone. The way you solve this puzzle is You'll be going through this level, you'll be doing things and collecting information and doing some other stuff, which is all fine, but there will be a, a body hanging. You untie it, falls to the ground, you go into its briefcase, it has one item in it, and then it also has a sandwich with some tinfoil, a tinfoil sandwich. The way in which you fix this fuse box and this missing fuse is to take that sandwich and use it on the fuse box. And what that does is takes the it takes the aluminum foil and connects the the two fuses that are missing a fuse or whatever the two the two endpoints the two whatever the hell are called and then you're left with the sandwich which you can eat to regain health uh, in case you take damage and stuff and that is. The kind of that is an example of the kind of puzzle and solution you are going to come across when playing Yuppie Psycho. It's not my favorite type of puzzle uh, in terms of the solution and that kind of stuff. I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't like that. I'm. I'm personally not a fan of it, and I know that a lot of people aren't fans of those either. And there is no hint system of any kind. So if you get stuck in the game, you're going to have to resort to a guide online. There are plenty out there, so that won't be a problem. But that is something to keep in mind. There is that very archaic save system with, I don't believe, any way to adjust it to make it a little bit easier and more forgiving 
for you if you want. And these, I forget what the way you did describe, but the, 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 these puzzles that don't make the most common sense. So that is something to keep in mind. And it's unfortunate because I think the mystery and the game itself overall is pretty fucking good and compelling. And I like a lot of it, but it just isn't as accessible as I wish it was. And speaking on that, I just, in regards to accessibility, some people will say, oh, you know what? They, they had a design in mind. This is the way they designed the game to be played this way, to have these various things that are, are going to make it more challenging, more, uh, I don't know what the fucking word I'm looking for right now, uh, but to, to make it more tense and whatnot. And that's fine. Having accessibility options aren't, they don't, you're not forced to use them. They are there for people who either don't like the, the default nature of a game or can't play a game without some caveats that need things, whether it be colorblind modes or readable text for subtitles and stuff like that. It's just all you're doing is opening up a game so that more people have the potential, the opportunity to play them. You're not forcing everyone to play it that way you're just giving people other options and, and other ways it's just i wish everything had more accessible options and then chasing static is another survival horror game this is first person it is a very pretty game i love the aesthetic it has a polygonal playstation one era aesthetic very similar to games like paratopic i believe is the the name of that one game and i was I was in it initially. I think both the aesthetic and the voice acting are very, very good. They are very above average. I'm a fan of both of them. But the story didn't do a much, didn't do a much, didn't do a lot to pull me in. And then once you get to the main, what I assume will be the main gameplay aspect, I did not enjoy it at all because you are going to a hospital or something because your father just passed away. You stop at a diner in the middle of the night. Some crazy shit happens. And then you are you are going between sort of these two worlds. It, it seems like at least like there will be times where it'll flash in black and white and it's an alternate looking version of where you're, you're at. And there's some crazy shit that's happening in this area and what appears to be some sort of radiation or, or something along those lines. And eventually you'll come across a, a signal uh, device, a, a whatever device that you have a little radar on and can capture signals. And that seems to be the main way in which you'll be interacting. And there are jump scares too that never did anything for me. They didn't it just whenever there was a jump scare, I'm like, oh, okay. Can we can we move on? But using this device to scan the environment, watching the number go up was very boring. It didn't 
make a whole lot of sense because the number would go up, but then it would disappear and it would seem like I, I lost the signal, but I would just continue moving forward and, and feeling like, well, maybe maybe there's something still ahead of me, even though this thing's not giving me a number or error, error or making a noise or anything. And then I would run into some kind of little flashback scene thing and I'm like oh okay I guess that's how this works and I just I, I I wanted to care more than I did because I really like the look of the game it is it's good at so much the voice acting what's there very good the visuals great the atmosphere the audio design it's, it's very very good it just it is not any fun or interesting to play. It's very, very dull. So that that's unfortunate. Uh, and that's Chasing Static. And that'll, that'll do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. All right. Oh, wait. First, Patreon questions. Patreon questions. Let's see, let's see what we got here. You uh, from uh, Jedi. Backside or stomach sleeper. I will sleep on everything. I'm not a fan of sleeping on my back because I find that to be weird and awkward in sort of a, I don't know, feeling like a corpse in a coffin thing. I, the, the thing about sleeping on my back, though, is that I, I also feel like it's the best, it's the healthiest way to sleep, the healthiest position for my back health and my back is a fucking nightmare but I predominantly like sleeping on my side and I will sleep on my stomach when I'm so exhausted that I just flop on the bed speaking of the flopping at the top of the show but I think also stomach sleeping is the unhealthiest because you have to turn your neck in one way or the other which doesn't seem great for your neck and it also I don't know how great it is for your breathing. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's that. For Manchi, are there any consoles you completely missed out on when they were new you wish you had? Uh, the, the main kind of console that I wish I had and I was bummed when I was unable to get one during the clearance offload via target was the playstation tv so that i could play vita games on my tv and capture them and all that i wish i had one of those i still wish i had one of those but i will never i never will because once that once they were gone from the clearance they went back up in price and i could probably get one i don't know what they are now but there was a period where I could have gotten one for for MSRP essentially, but I'm just like I just I was so annoyed that I missed out that I just and that's it is what it is. From Lunchbox, is there a console any gen that money and space was not an issue you would like to have every physical release for? Not really. I. Yeah, or at least not a specific console. I would love to have every single release because I do have that preservation side of me. That's why I like to, uh, why I have such a, a large collection in the first place. And I have a large digital collection because I'm, I'm fingers crossed that that won't disappear. Hoping to have a preservation side in, in that sense. But 
I mean, you know, if like Microsoft just went completely out of business, then I'd probably be fucked. But not probably, I would be fucked. But if I could have anyone, I would love the Sega Genesis just because it was the first console that was ever mine. That was my and no one else's. It wasn't a shared console between me and my brother or anything of that ilk. And I really like Sega Genesis cases, the hard cases. Once they got to the paper cardboard cases, fuck those. But I love those cases. I think they look great. So having a complete collection of that would look nice. And it, it would also mean something to me personally. You know, just because of the console. And then from Sunny, what are your favorite cozy games? I've thought a lot about this question. I don't know. Because I would think of a cozy game as something that I keep coming back to for years and years and years and still come back to. And there's nothing of that nature for me. Gems of War doesn't count. Gems of War just pisses me off. And I just want them to stop adding achievements and sunset the game so I can get those final few achievements on there. That one is a motherfucker. I hate that achievement. But I, I want to be able to complete that game know that it's never going to get another achievement and be done with it at this point because i i love the game i love the gameplay i think there's so much great about the game itself but the developers i think have done a really poor job of dealing with their their player base of supporting the game in a way that is friendly to the players and I, I just, I, I don't like the way they've handled a lot of things, including stuff like that achievement, which is fucking horseshit. But I, I loved the first Animal Crossing. I loved the first Pokemon. I loved Morrowind in a similar sense. Stuff like Stardew Valley. I adored my time with Farm Together. I really, really enjoy games with menial tasks, with repetitive, I, there are a lot of games that fall into that bill. I'm trying to think if there's any, any game that really stands above though. And I don't, I don't think there is. Part of it too is just not having the time and, and not wanting to f spend too much time with a single game so that I, I want to spread myself out more because I could I could easily see myself in, a, in an alternate life where I wasn't creating content and just played whatever playing the shit out of something like Diablo 3 over and over and over again it just be like loot driven games I'm a huge fan of I find those cozy any game that you when you think of as uh, you the, the games you would call podcast games, I probably like them. Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed games. Assassin's Creed Unity, probably my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Fucking fantastic game. But, uh, yeah. That is something that I don't have a specific specific game for, but there are plenty of games that have fallen into that 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 space for me over the years. But, uh, that is it. That is all. That is uh, everything for this here episode of the, the Pixelated Sausage Show. So with that, I will bid you all adieu. As always, once again, 
I am Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS to find them there. It'll get you links to everywhere you need to go, want to go, and even more. And if you like this here show and any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that away with your support at the three dollar or higher tier you're able to get access to the exclusive discord channels where you can chat with other like-minded cool people as well as the question mark channel which is where you can ask questions that i may or may not answer here on the podcast you don't have to you can support at just a dollar if you want or even more maybe you want to support more i'm thinking about maybe throwing out like a 20 or 25 dollar tier limited for two people that would allow them to pick literally any game from my collection that I will play no questions no 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 say no uh twice a month because I haven't streamed in a while and I don't I don't see myself returning to streaming but if people want to pay 25 bucks a month to, to force me to stream a game uh, a night every month well fucking if, if anyone is interested in paying that oh then i will create that tier right away uh but yeah you you don't have to you just you know three dollars is fine three dollars is fine anywho that is again patreon.com slash p x s and uh that is it so as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week until I'm back here Friday to spit more nonsense in New Year's. So for now, adios, arrivederci, bye! Work, fuck, okay, God, damn it. <gasps> bye bye.